with so many podcasts out there, shows can get lost in the shuffle. That's why we implore you to check out Too Many Captains. You can find us at a moviepodcast.com. Five unique takes on Hollywood movies and culture. Find us on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Check our intellectual deep dives into theatrical films. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions. Unique takes on soundtracks. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Too Many Captains Productions. Find us at a moviepodcast.com on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And now, here comes a new episode of Collateral Cinema. Tonight, on a special Halloween edition of The Director's Cut, we celebrate the spooky season by doing something a little different as we check out the 2000 horror spoof comedy, Scary Movie. So stick around, boils and ghouls. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I'm Bo Maddox. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And we're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas. And yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you got it. And happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Woo, happy spooky season. Yeah, it's finally the spooky season. It's spooktober, I guess we could call it. Is, is, <laughs> is that what Peacock is calling it anyways? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, this is actually our first ever director's cut Halloween, or maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm just misspeaking. Maybe I'm just being stupid. But if not, this is probably going to be our first real Halloween episode in a while, because I don't remember doing one for the director's cut last season. No, I don't think we did. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really remember why that was the case, but... I mean, here we are now. We're going to go ahead and do that now. So, yeah, I think what happened is, is we just, yeah, we couldn't get everybody together. But uh, this season, I feel like we've really been on top of the October, the month of October. I'd like to think so as well. I mean, we just did our uh, episode on Scream recently with uh, Stu from SWO Productions. Yeah, and we even kicked the season off with Necromantic, which itself is also a horror film. Oh, yeah, a especially gushy horror movie. Yeah, a yeah. fun horror movie. <laughs> and then we're going to be doing our actual Halloween special and also at the movies review on Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills, I'm probably going to have a little bit of a controversial opinion about that movie, maybe. I don't know. It seems real polarized. I don't know how that, that will be controversial, but we'll talk more about that yeah, on when that we, episode. Yeah, when we actually do the episode and everything. But we've seen it now, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But the movie that we're doing tonight... As we said in the intro of this episode, we're doing Scary Movie. We're, that's the movie by the Wayans Brothers, directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans, who, by the way, I believe also did Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drink, drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, that's a classic movie. We'll probably get into that here in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, this also had... Uh, 
Zuckerberg and Friedman or whatever their names are. It's like the dudes that made Date Movie and Epic Movie and just the worst Drek imaginable. I their mean, name is attached to this, but they don't actually have any involvement in the film. No, they they didn't write anything here. They 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 tried to you know market themselves as like you know. They're two of the six writers of Scary Movie. And it's like, that's only tangentially correct. It's like, yeah, you're just attached to the movie. You're not one of the writers of fucking Scary Movie. No no matter what. I mean, yeah, maybe after about Scary Movie 3, they started to kind of have a little more control and started directing it. And you could see the quality just completely just dive. Well, you know? yeah, because you didn't have the Wayans brothers attached anymore. Yeah, and the Wayans brothers, I mean, they... They've had their moments of crap, but they've had moments of brilliance as well. And Scary Movie is definitely one of their moments of brilliance here. I mean, it's the best of Sean and Marlon Wayans, definitely. I mean, it's really, I mean, some of their best performances. I mean, uh, Marlon Wayans is as Smoke or Smokey, or what is that's his name? Smokey or something? Or is that, am I thinking of Friday? I'm thinking of Friday. Shorty. Shorty, yeah. That's it, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I was thinking of Friday. Wrong stoner. (laughs) (laughs) He is actually a great stoner character in this film. Uh, Yo, he's fantastic, honestly. (laughs) I mean, ironically, it makes him the most relatable character in the entire movie other than uh, Cindy. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, because he actually manages to actually somewhat survived the movie up till the very end and it's because of his weed habit that that's the case he he actually encounters the killer in the movie and he gets him high and (laughs) (laughs) that is so fucking great i love that whole sequence with uh you know the ghost face killer and his mask is changing and yeah, it's a lot of really, really innovative scenes. <laughs> I mean, just it's straight up. What does he say? Whatever. After he he rips the bong, that's the tank. Oh, that's some good shit. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a pretty classic stoner scene. Like just in and of itself. Fucking really. great. Fucking awesome. Honestly. And I mean, this movie has flaws, but it's not anything that really ruins it for me. I mean, no, I, I think it very much inhabits what it is. And so, you know, you don't have to critique it from certain standards. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that it really established its, uh, itself that way because it's a essentially it's a parody of a parody. I mean, it is a spoof movie of Scream and also uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, but mostly Scream, and even that itself was a satirical horror film. So it's it's sort of a parody of a parody. Yeah, and we're going to get to that here in a little bit as far as, you know, the relationship between Scream and Scary Movie. But honestly, when I was thinking about how to actually format this episode and whatnot, it it's kind of difficult it's kind of difficult because I mean, parody movies are so subjective and so hard to really review in and of itself. I mean, maybe you could do like a nostalgia critic style takedown, which he did of some of those movies. I believe he, I think he actually had an episode that was, you know, what happened to parody movies. But anyway, I mean, this movie comes from a very long tradition of parodies. I mean, it kind of goes back even all the way to when the talkies were first a thing back during the silent era, you know? I mean, even going back to something that, you know, 
Charlie Chaplin did with The Great Dictator. I mean, oh, okay, yeah, yeah that's th- true. That's a straight-up parody of, of, I mean, Hitler at a time when <laughs> it wasn't really well-known that Hitler was a lunatic dictator at the time. They, they knew that he was up to something, but he was mocked roundly back then. But, I mean... Charlie Chaplin was the one that took him seriously and actually used satire as kind of a weapon of, you know, messaging, kind of in a propagandistic sense. But it's still in and of itself a very funny movie, honestly. It's a long movie, but very funny. I haven't seen it, but I know of it. I've seen clips and whatnot. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you've seen the actual speech that he did. It's like one of the greatest recorded speeches of all time. I think so. Cinematic or otherwise. I mean, I, I highly recommend it. Go look it up. Charlie Chaplin, The Great Dictator Speech. It's really, really enthralling. But, I mean, movies like that gave way to stuff in the 60s and 70s that were more like, you know, parody movies, they usually were very of their time. You know, like at one it's time true. during the 60s and the 70s, there was more like James Bond. That was the big thing. There was a glut of uh, like spy parodies that came out after James Bond became a thing. I think even even Woody Allen dipped his toes into that. I mean, it's a movie called What's Up, Tiger Lily, I believe. But, you know, fuck Woody Allen. So, <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, it's like during the like during the late 70s and early 80s, it was like disaster movies. And that's where yeah. you get the real classics like Airplane. Airplane. Airplane, Airplane is such a funny and fantastic movie, man. It's, it's up there with another... Another purveyor of parodies like Monty Python, it's up there with like Holy Grail as being just one of the funniest movies of all time. And and it's because they really Zaz, you know, which was Zuckerberg, something in Zuckerberg. I, I don't remember the middle guy's name. Zuckerberg. There were there were two Zuckers involved there. But anyway, like Airplane is just all gags and it's just all the better for it. And it's it's delivered by serious actors. That's what was great about it. You had Leslie Nielsen and Peter Graves. And I think at one time Robert Stack was in, in the movie somewhere. I mean, it's it's really interesting how they actually approached the comedy in that movie. Mm-hmm. And But I mean, that was one of those movies that really laid the groundwork for parodies like up up to that time. And then afterwards, I mean, of course, you you can't talk about this sort of thing without talking about, you know, like Monty Python. You know, I mean, we did an epi- we did episodes on the Holy Grail and on Life of Brian. We've talked about both of those. And I, I want us to get into Mel Brooks as well. I mean, while we're on the subject of spoof movies. Yeah, he was the one who actually elevated it to an art form. Him and yeah. the Pythons. I mean, especially with movies like, you know, Robin Hood Men in Tights and Young Frankenstein. Yeah, and, and of course, Spaceballs space and Blazing balls, Saddles. Spaceballs. Oh, man, that is like one of the best <laughs> parodies of anything, I think. Honestly, and yeah. That's a perennially funny movie, uh, a favorite movie of mine. I mean, I remember watching that when I was a kid and just being like, oh, man, this is so awesome. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, even though I was never a huge Star Wars fan, I mean... I, I knew it well enough that, you know, the parody that Mel Brooks was going for and what he was spoofing, it, it actually connected and it hit home and everything. It was just like, oh, wow. You know, it's it's pretty much a not unlike scary movie. It's a beat for beat uh, retelling of its source material in a way. I've already decided. 
Well, next, next season we're doing space balls. Okay, r- right on. I'm down with. I'm down for that all the way. We're doing the Star Star Wars prequel trilogy next month. Yeah. So it's only natural. It would be the the perfect thing to follow up with next season. Exactly. That would be absolutely perfect. And, and we've even gone so far as we did uh, fanboys. So. Yeah, Fanboys is not so much a parody. Fanboys was more of a straight satire, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it will be kind of interesting to talk about all of those. But yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, both Mel Brooks and Monty Python are just quintessential to uh, parody films. Uh, I've also seen Top Secret. Top Secret is kind of okay. It's not the, not the best of Leslie Nielsen's parody work, but... It's got Val Kilmer and Val Kilmer is good. Yeah, he's good in it. But I mean, it's better than he is in Batman. Yeah. Speaking of. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I don't know. I thought he was a kind of OK in Batman Forever. I mean, honestly. not as bad as Clooney, but, you know. Yeah. I, he's like the second worst Batman still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we can't bring up Le- Leslie Nielsen without bringing up the Naked Gun trilogy, which started as a television show called Police Story. And. That was pretty classic. It actually kind of set the whole deadpan uh, angle that, you know, the movies would take. And, and the first movie is just a classic of parody. It's an absolute classic. It's up there with, like, uh, Spaceballs, you know, and with uh, with Airplane and whatnot. Yeah. Didn't they hire actors specifically that hadn't really done any parody work or comedy work? Well, yeah, that's what was initially uh, from Airplane. Airplane was, did that. Yeah. Okay, I'm, Air, I'm, I'm Airplane, mixing them up. Airplane did that, but Naked Gun kind of continued that Continued angle. that trend, Yeah, you know, knowing that deadpan works, and, of course, I guess bringing in Nielsen. Yeah, and the thing about that is Leslie Nielsen, he wasn't a comedy actor up to that point. He was very much a serious, actual drama actor. And when he did Airplane, that was like a just a pipe bomb on his on the trajectory of his career it just completely took him down a com- an absolutely different path and i think we're all the better for it because the naked gun movies i mean yeah there's some elements to it that can be a little bit problematic especially in that third movie mm-hmm. but i mean the first couple of movies i mean they're almost like you know subversions of parody movies themselves in a way you know they're parodies of parody yeah kind of. In a lot of ways, yeah. In fact, you're kind of seeing that come full circle now, and some of the results aren't as good as as they as they really should be. Oh no, not at all. But I think Scary Movie really, really, uh, it it works because you know with 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 Scream being still a somewhat serious movie. Yeah, I think it does kind of work. But when you start with something that is already comedy, you know, where where are you going to go from there? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Scream's comedy it's purely comedy. I Scream's guess I comedy say. is you know just very baked into the actual script, into the actual yeah. story. It's a story driven type of parody. It's funny due to the absurdity of it, but not because it's like, oh my god, this. Uh, it's not like breaking the fourth wall, but it's still meta. And, and to be fair, there's a lot of breaking the fourth wall in lots of these movies. But and, I mean, and in scary movie there is, yeah. but it works. You know, it's like you wouldn't do a spoof movie of Deadpool. It just wouldn't work. No, because that is a spoof movie, anyways. Right. That movie takes itself a little bit more comedically and less seriously. And and honestly, I mean, 
there's a reason why that movie really resonated for a time. You know, I mean, it feels like it's very forgotten. Yeah. You know, I mean, yet another movie that we did an episode on. And honestly, I mean, I'd like to think that maybe that could have an effect on the future of parody. Because, I mean, that was actually a very well-written movie. It's the closest thing that superhero movies have, like mainstream superhero movies have. Or like, or I guess I should say it's the closest thing Marvel movies have to a spoof movie. Well, of course, they're a superhero movie. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I re-clarified, because yeah. I realized there are... Uh, there are spoof movies of the superhero genre but when we talk about mainstream like marvel dc yeah that's the closest we've really got to that yeah and honestly i really like the approach that they took in that parody you know especially especially at the beginning when you know they just have the uh, the different uh, credits where it's just like you know describing you know their roles in the movie it's just not <laughs> not necessarily their names <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's it's absolutely amazing. I mean, they even do in Once Upon a Deadpool, they did they do a whole spoof on the intro to the princess or the the frame narrative in the Princess yeah. Bride and use it as the frame narrative of the movie and they brought back uh what's his face? What's his face? Oh, Fred Savage. Fred Savage, yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of it. And Deadpool's yeah. playing the role of the grandpa. <laughs> and, and Fred Savage is still in his clothes. Oh, my he, God. You know, in the room. And he's like, what the hell? And, and, you know, like, they reference that Deadpool's bringing him in to redo that scene. I oh, think they even, wow. I think they name dropped the Princess Bride, but I'm not sure. So oh, they, it, they had to have. I mean, come on now. <laughs> so, like I said, that one, that one is very spoofy. But it's, it, even that's not quite a spoof movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's very it's it's very close, um, you know, and and scary movie I think really really hits the nail on the head for for spoof movie. Yeah, but there's some other notable movies and series that we could talk about before we move on. Like for one, I think that you can take the trilogy of Family Guy Star Wars parodies and kind of say that you know maybe that's kind of the uh, the best way to go with it because I mean. No matter what you think about how Family Guy is now, I think that these Star Wars parodies were really, really good spoofs. I mean, Family Guy really applied their own little uh, angle and twist to everything, and it actually ended up being really compelling in all three episodes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're into modern-day parody films, like I would actually go with the three Star Wars Family Guy episodes. And also, Not Another Teen Movie, to me, is probably one of the last really good parody movies, honestly. I mean, I don't think you've seen it. I haven't seen it, but, you know, like, I've seen the Chris Evans scene. Oh, yeah, that, that <laughs> classic Chris Evans scene, man. I mean, that, that's, that's a meme in and of itself. But, I mean, it's not unlike Scary Movie in that it was really kind of parodying a particular mood in cinema at that time point you know there was a lot of really raunchy like teen sex comedies that were coming out at the time it, you know american pie was the progenitor of that and that was the movie that just kind of took on that zeitgeist and really just just completely tore it to pieces honestly and it's to me along with scary movie the last great parody film you know and before we get into scary movie a little further I mean, let's talk about, you know, the aforementioned Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I've seen that one with you. I mean, that, <laughs> what's interesting about that is that, I mean, it's just more of a 
setup of like different sketches, like under the guise of a parody of hood movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's still a funny movie. I mean, I think that the humor holds up, you know, I mean, it's, but it's the first time where you start to see zaniness kind of take over instead of more, you know, complex types of jokes in these movies, you know, it's where you start to see some of the complexity with lost, but you know, I'd say that scary movie kind of regained a little bit of that complexity that it lost. There. Yeah, so, yeah. To be fair, I think you could watch any of these while high and oh, and completely. Yeah, and you and can have a lot yourself. of fun. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, I think that the next angle that we're going to really go at here is how does scary movie stand up as a particular parody, specifically of '90s horror tropes. And I mean, it really does kind of take a little bit of a of an examining lens on these types of tropes, like especially how scary movie used them, or how scary movie, how scream used them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I mean, scream is was already poking fun at at horror movies, and there were a lot of those tongue in cheek jokes. But here, they're just kind of just exaggerated, followed to their logical conclusion, and so you have. Um, extreme versions of those uh, those tropes of those tropes yeah. exactly and even some others you know and and funny enough uh, they don't just pull from Scream and uh, I know what you did last summer which are the two main plots but there's several references to all kinds of horror movies and even some non-horror movies as well yeah like especially the ending which we'll get to here a little closer to the end of the episode but yeah, I mean, I really like how it utilized its source material here, you know? Like, I mean, the the teen sex comedy angle also kind of applies here because that's really what started to kind of bleed into horror movies at the time. You know, like, you could really see that, especially with I Know What You Did Last Summer, which they make fun of a lot, you know, like the whole Jennifer Love huge tits uh, yes. <laughs> dab and everything. It's like, you know... I mean, it's very much just taking a look at these 90s tropes that are specific to the 90s. I mean, a lot of these did these a lot of these were tropes that did kind of bleed over from the 80s, but the 90s established a lot of its own tropage, you know. Yeah. And and Scream is kind of the starting point for that and I know what you did last summer kind of, you know, codified all those tropes. Right. You know. Like I mean, especially the whole angle of the mysterious killer that you know, is was is somehow involved with the past of the of the final girl. You know, that that was a little bit of a different of a different take on slashers. You know, like I mean, you had like Michael Myers, like he's just killing just because he can, and you know, you have Jason, he kills because you know he was wronged. You know, that's what it is. Like here we have slasher killers that are actually you know, connected to the victims that they're tormenting. Like, like, like for instance, in Scream and everything. Mm. And also, especially in I Know What You Did Last Summer. I mean, the entire cast pretty much has a hand in the accident that causes the, those chain of events to take effect. You know? Right. So, I mean, I really like how Scary Movie kind of just took all of that and just ran with it. And I like how the... I know what you did last summer plot is interwoven into the screenplot. I think it it's done really well. And even how a lot of the other horror movie 
uh, allusions are are implemented into the story. Yeah, does, doesn't kind it kind of, of make sense? Doesn't it kind of say something about Scream and I know what you did last summer that you could take their plots pretty much mix them together and it doesn't even miss a beat. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, I don't know if you've seen. I know what you did last summer. I haven't, but I, 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 I know the general outline of it, and I know what Scary Movie was doing with it. Yeah, and I like how they use that, and basically they just throw that into the backstory of uh, replacing, of course, uh, Sydney Prescott's yeah whole. Uh, her like, mother, the backstory with her mother. Yeah, yeah. You know, it replaces that instead, and it's this thing that the character Cindy was involved in, and and all the other characters. Yeah. So, you know, I I think that they do a really good job, kind of working those plots at the same time, and they even kind of subvert your expectations with the reveal of the killer. Yeah, and honestly, I think that that's another trope that this movie really exaggerates and just takes to the nth degree is the twist, is the whole twist angle. Because by that point, we've already had, you know, a couple of M. Night Shyamalan movies, so he's already introduced that type of, you know, trope into the cinematic lexicon. So, I mean, but also using the usual suspects as a, as a conduit for that, I mean, I thought that that was actually a really decent callback when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah, the twist ending is actually a lot of fun. <laughs> and it, it pokes fun at the concept of a twist ending in and of itself, you know? But it's actually a good twist ending. It took me by surprise. It, it is actually kind of intelligently written. But the thing is, is that the twist ending has kind of a great punchline to it in that ultimately it doesn't really matter to the plot at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, the actual killers throughout the movie are, you know, Marlon Wayne or, or Sean Wayans and, you know, Cindy's boyfriend. I mean, I, that's what I kind of feel like. They're the actual main killers within the narrative. Well, no, I think the, they established the, the first, that they the, were going to kill, but they didn't actually do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Doofy yeah. actually was the one that killed everybody. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not remembering this shit well at all. You saw it twice recently. I, I've seen this movie so many times. It just kind of blurs after a little bit sometimes but it doesn't really affect my enjoyment of the movie but it works because everybody's seen scream so we know the twist ending and so we're actually expecting them to be revealed as the killers and then we come to find out that we're half right they were planning to commit a murder but like they're not the actual killers yeah yeah you know it's it's someone else and then we get the identity of that person and just the most perfect twist ending ever and i i just i really enjoyed that i love how they how they took that and uh they worked off of it because everything else beat for beat is pretty much almost everything else is scream right they even make fun of it at one point in the movie where you know one of the characters comes up and he's like yeah uh wasn't it Shorty? Yeah, it was Shorty. And he was like, yeah, yeah, this is this is exactly like Scream. I mean, the dialogue is exactly the same. Did you guys <laughs> see that movie last last year? Or Whatever he says, you know? Like, oh, yeah. it's It just pretty much just lays its hand out bare right there. You know? Yes. Just be like, yeah, this, this is what we're doing, you know? And, and they do. I mean, it even starts out the exact same way. You've got a... a Carmen Electra playing a character named Drew. Yeah, that is perfect in and of itself. <laughs> Instead of Drew Barrymore. And it's just fucking amazing. I mean, that totally sets the tone of the movie. Right just, there. Just like in Scream with the Drew Barrymore scene. I True. mean, it's actually a really good 
a note-for-note retelling of that scene that still uses sight gags to good effect. Yeah. You know? And it mostly ages well. There are a couple jokes in there. I mean, it it they do rely a little bit on uh, race jokes and and uh, homophobia to some extent. Ableism. 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 You know, but they're jokes. I don't think you're meant to be taking it seriously. After all, this was directed and written by black people. So any of the jokes aimed at black people you know, are, are, are kind of in that, in that taste. I'm reporting for black TV. White people are dead. We're getting the fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> so, that's, you know, like, I feel like it's okay to laugh at those. That's one of the best jokes in the entire movie, I think. Like, honestly, Actually, it is. that is one of the best things. It's like, yeah, they just got the fuck out of there. I respect that. I don't know. I just really like the, the was up scene with the killer. And then, of course, whenever he's just getting along with them and like getting high and shit. Like, oh, that's great, man. Both of so those is just fucking, I love it. But, I mean, in many ways, it's kind of both a parody and maybe even kind of an homage to that particular era of 90s horror. I mean, not only did you have Scream and I Know What You Did last summer, you also had stuff like The Faculty, you had stuff like The Craft and Cry Wolf. Cry Wolf, which is actually a bit of a deconstruction of these types of movies in and of itself. Not necessarily in a satirical kind, just more in a straight narrative type. Yeah, know? okay. Yeah. But I mean, the next angle that I wanted to tackle here when it comes to this movie, because like I said, it's difficult to really review this movie on like a narrative sense. Maybe maybe when it comes to the characters somewhat, but as far as the narrative, you know, it's you know, like you, you can't do as much of an analysis there. I mean, it's kind of like our last episode played. I mean, this isn't like a masterpiece of cinema or anything. Yeah. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to talk about how, in many ways, it kind of feels like a love letter to the movie Scream and to I Know What You Did Last Summer itself. Like, I mean, it. I think that's really what makes this movie work, is that it's still very it's self-aware, but it's also still a little bit reverential to its source material, if you get what I mean. It is. It is. I, I really do think so. Because, you know, in some of the later attempts at... Um, at spoof movies, you know, it's sort of just like they're just throwing things in there for the sake of referencing them. This uses those. And not only that, but, you know, it's it's not necessarily making, it's not even really making fun of Scream. It's just taking it to its logical extreme. Hello? Want to have a little fun? Who is this? Tell me your name and I'll tell you mine. I don't think so. Do you like scary movies? Mm-hmm. What's that noise? Oops. I farted. I, I didn't think you would hear me. Oh, stinky. From the people who had nothing to do with Scream. Daddy! Daddy! Oh! Decker got killed last night. She sits next to me in English class. Was she a friend? No. I was going to cheat off her test today. They didn't make the rules. Oh, my God, They're just too stupid to follow them. We have to call the police. No way. I ain't going to jail. It's okay. I'm fine. We'll get rid of the vibe. Oh. This summer. There are certain rules to follow in order to survive a horror movie. Rule number one. Don't answer the phone. I'm in the house. Do you know where I am? You're behind the couch. I can um see your feet. What? Oh. Don't run in the woods. 
don't talk to reporters. The press only wants to interview the most ignorant person they can find. I'm on TV! Oh, gee! First cop, now this! And whatever you do... <laughs> don't be afraid to rise to the occasion. <laughs> Dimension Films presents... That's my girl! I just want you to look at some photos. Tell me what you think. Mm, no. no? No. All right. Well, worth a shot. Go, 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 go! Oh, man. Scary Movie. Can I tell you a secret? I see dead people. Man, this is awesome! <laughs> I mean, in, in, in one scene, you've got, uh, in Scream, you've got, the, you know, in the garage scene where you've got the the uh, the best friend of the main character. Rose McGowan. That's Rose, Rose McGowan. McGowan. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got her just sort of uh, kind of criticizing, you know, the way that the, that the, that the ghost face killer is, is, is working or whatever. But then you've got, of course, in this movie... They have the garage scene, but they actually throw this earlier in the film, and it's 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 in the school in the locker room. Yeah, that's with Shannon Elizabeth's character. When you have Shannon yeah. Elizabeth's character just kind of just taking that to literally the next level, and while she's getting stabbed and and yeah, you know, yeah. and, and even decapitated and shit, she's just criticizing the killer the entire time. Like, and this is so cliche. I love how the killer is just like, oh God, stop. Stop, stop, just stop. <laughs> He's just so frust- frustrated with her. They do the head nod in everything, is it's what's funny, but then they it just it just keeps going. Yeah. And and that's where you just that's one of the moments in this movie that really made me feel like this film doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No fucks given. But I mean, it's just really how this movie it just follows the actual storyline of Scream, like note for note. And like we said managed to find a way to throw I Know What You Did last summer in there. Yeah, into the backstory. And, and then and even kind of throw that back into the way that the killer gets revealed. And so I, I think that it's, you know, I, I, I think that it's well done, even with the low budget that they had. And I think the kind of short production time that this... Yeah, it, it was had. it was only really put together in like less than a year, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think the thing, the difference with like Scary Movie 2, for instance, is that they had a bigger budget and more time to kind of work on it. Yeah. But this movie almost kind of has this, it, the charm that it has because of the way that it is. It, it's in, in a lot of ways just a love letter to horror movies, even though it's it's sort of poking fun at them and to scream as well. Like you said, it 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 treats it, you know, with, a, with, with some reverence and I think that there's more of an aspect of, you know, the, the writers kind of, the, the Wayans brothers actually uh, expressing how they how they really you know, the story that they actually want to. I guess I should say no yeah. studio, no not no studio interference or. And it's sad what happened with uh, their involvement with Scary Movie and everything. Like they yeah. they had their creation taken away from them like by the third movie. Yeah, I mean. And I mean, we probably could have gotten a little glimpse of what we, what was to come. I mean, uh, Marlon Wayans did make another parody of horror movies. He made a parody of like paranormal paranormal activity and sinister and all of that. You know, wasn't uh, 
a haunted house. Yeah, it was a haunted house or something like that. I'm not really sure what the title was. We'll figure it out afterwards. I think I, know? think I think that's the one he did, a haunted house. Yeah, but I mean, that was actually interesting because they actually managed to fit the parody within the the framework of a found footage movie. That's what was kind of brilliant about it. They managed to parody found footage movies by making a found footage movie. That's awesome. They do that a little bit. There is there is that callback to Blair Witch Project, but it's just for the one scene. If they made an entire movie from that, that that's that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, man. Oh, and, and yeah, the Blair Witch Project uh, p- parody in this movie, top notch with Sherry O'Terry. <laughs> yes. It's, it's after she's literally up there reporting on the killer as he's killing his latest victim. And it's just, it's, she's just like, get the fuck out of here. Get the, don't you fucking, don't you fucking put me on camera. <laughs> and they actually nail that scene down perfectly. They nail it down. And I, I, and I love the, the fountain of snot. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Gail. Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers is the original character. That's the original. Is like, oh, I don't remember what her what her parody name was. I don't remember. <laughs> it was God something. Damn it. God damn it! We we need to stop shibbying so much. It was more. <laughs> it was it, it was definitely a more on the nose, you know. Oh, definitely, you know. But. I mean, I guess that we can probably start kind of wrapping things up a little bit here. I mean, we, we, we don't want to keep the boils and ghouls from their trick-or-treating. Isn't that right, Ash? Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, we don't want to keep them waiting from their candies, you know, most of which are not vegan, but... <laughs> oh, fuck you. Whatever. Whatever. I just I guess we just find some ve- vegan edibles and celebrate that way, right? Hey, you know what, guys? Watch, watch, watch your kids' Halloween weed this year. Some t- they might slip in some candy. <laughs> Stupid. But yeah, we'll go ahead and start getting into our final thoughts about scary movie. Like Ash, we'll start with you. Take it away. Scary movie, uh, like I said before, is just a lot of fun, and it, it definitely appeals to I think stoner culture. In a lot of ways, I mean, in particular, there is that scene, but and there is the one character shorty. But I think you know, just the overall plot appeals to that. It's a very fun movie. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and yet it still exhibits um, kind of kind of a charm, a and, charm, and, and, and there's a quality to it's the a direction. Rela- there's a relatability to it. I feel. Yeah. You know, I mean. This doesn't feel like it talks down to its audience. No, ever. it doesn't. And a lot of the uh, other scary movies I've heard, you know, I, I've heard do, and I haven't watched all of them, but I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, I guess I should say. Yeah, and honestly, you should totally watch Scary Movie 2. I mean, it's, it's good for what it was. They managed to put it together in less than nine months which okay. is kind of impressive and it it is that is kind of where you see the mishmash approach to parody kind of being implemented there but that was still when the Wayans had their hands on it and yeah. so i mean it's it was still a very funny and quality comedy movie you know and in, at, at that point they were making fun of you know like house of Haunt, house on haunted hill and whatnot and more like haunted house movies I mean, and later on, they'd start parodying, like, you know, the Japanese horror movies and whatnot. 
I guess there's really only one more thing I really have to say about Scary Movie. Yeah. What's up? Oh, my God. Sorry, everybody, if that clips out really hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. You need to tell me these things in advance. Oh, was I supposed to do mouth it? I, I guess so, or something. It's like you don't even you don't even know what that's from. It's from know. the Budweiser commercial. Okay, you only saw that because you saw it on YouTube. You only found out today. Okay, you're right, but <laughs> I thought the scene stood on its own. I watched it and laughed my ass off. There's that last part where he's just like, "What are you doing?" To Nothing. be honest, chilling, chilling, killing, killing. <laughs> Robert Robert says that to us all the fucking time. Yeah, he does. That that? You know what? I've seen a lot of other movies reference that. So I, I just thought it was a thing that people did. It, it was. It was a little bit of a, dare I say, an early meme. Yeah, it was a 90s thing. Yeah. It was a 90s thing. Yeah. It was a 90s thing. <laughs> if you're not a 90s kid, then you're not something, 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 the peak of... Blah, blah, blah. The peak of civilization. Peak these, of were, civilization. these were the greatest times of your life you didn't even know. <laughs> I've, I've seen memes to that effect, honestly. <laughs> but, yeah, for me, Scary Movie is one of those films that's, you know, like a really, really big, comfortable blanket. Like, I can just put it on, just dive in, and I know that it's going to be comforting. I know it's going to be funny. I know it's going to make me feel a certain way the same way the same way all the time you know it's it's a consistent type of parody you know and i do lament the way that this particular genre of cinema has gone i mean especially knowing how deep its roots are in the history of cinema you know and this right here to me is one of the last great parody movies it's really the the last of its kind in many ways yeah. I mean, you know, not another teen movie notwithstanding, and, you know, some of the other examples we gave. But, yeah, I mean, this is a specific mood right here that I kind of miss. I, I miss good parody movies. I miss that. I mean, unless a lot of the, the newer crop of filmmakers, they're just going to do parody movies in just a different approach or whatever. But, you know, I I'm mean, willing to bet there are some independent films that kind of, you know... R- regained this quality to them or if there isn't it's gonna happen (laughs) i would say so i mean and you know it's kind of bled into the youtube crowd like you you'll find a lot of you know they're they're a lot shorter most of the time but you'll find a lot of movies that kind of uh, the short films and videos and whatnot that'll kind of you know parody much in the same way that they did before but with a different angle you know but just with an entirely different approach and Honestly, I want this type of cinema to come back. I think that it's time for the parody movie to have another comeback. Scary Movie was actually what kind of propagated that comeback in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it didn't lead to anything of quality, but... It did represent a comeback. (laughs) It represented a comeback, but also, unfortunately, it represented a shift in the genre. And it's just kind of sad to see it go the way it did. I mean, I sat down and I watched Date Movie the first time. I had a stone-cold resting bitch face the entire time. <laughs> like, I was just like, what happened? This, this, this shit's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be hilarious. I didn't laugh once. It was like Master of Disguise. It's almost on, on the same level as Master of Disguise for me. 
I didn't yeah. fucking laugh at it. An epic uh, movie. Oh no, don't oh nothing's epic worse movie. than a movie that's trying to be funny and isn't. Oh, it's seriously, man. That's literally the worst kind of bad movie I think that exists. And epic movie and date movie are those movies tenfold. Like epic movie is practically unwatchable. <laughs> and it has the late great Fred Willard in it, which pisses me off, man. It was one of his last really good roles and he pl- he played like the lion. You know, because they were making fun of Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe or some stupid bullshit. Yeah, I saw Epic Movie a long time ago. I was a kid, so I think I I actually kind of enjoyed the the boyish humor and and, and just how boy. boy the, you're calling this boyish? That, I don't that, think I don't think even little boys come up with shit like this. Come on now. That, I mean, that's really what it was for me. It was it was one of the first movies I saw that just kind of went out there. Yes, I mean seriously, I wouldn't even call that humor juvenile or childish because that would insult juveniles. You know, <laughs> that, was, that would insult children. Like seriously. But yeah, I mean, if you watch that shit, you know, grown up, it it doesn't hold up. And, and this movie holds up, you know. It does. It holds up tremendously well. I mean. And, yeah, there are problematic elements to it. I mean, as with a lot of movies from this era. It, it's you know, like we're, we're, we're watching the more transphobic part right now with the gym coach. Yeah, yeah transphobia is not cool. Yeah, that's not cool. And, of course, the severe ableism with Doofy, Doofy which is kind of weird because there's been a real, like, cult resurgence of that character. Like... Like, the uh, actor who did that character, he actually reprised the role going around in California during the pandemic. Yeah, you talked like about with, this. With this six-foot plank of wood with a bunch of dildos, like, in full character, like, trying to get people to socially distance. And it was actually kind of awesome, you know? You know, it's funny. And as somebody that has autism, I, I take it in good stride. I don't think that that kind of humor would really fly today. No. But I think that it, I think it's mostly okay. Um, and of course, it sets up that you know twist ending, because because Doofy is an endearing character, and actually you know in reality you're right it sets up the twist ending. I mean, if you think about it, because he really wasn't actually mentally challenged. No, he wasn't. He, it, it he kinda, was playing it, the role. It's kind of okay. It kind of makes it okay. So almost. so I mean within <laughs> the uh, within the confines of the movie, it actually makes even more sense because that seems like exactly like what a bastard killer would think that you know mentally challenged people are like you know exactly see what i'm saying yeah i mean it, it, it makes sense that he'd be ableist to that to that degree so yeah but yeah i think that this is you know just a classic it's especially fun to put on around halloween i mean i'm sure that maybe that's a good little tradition to have like maybe midway through october is just watch all the scary movies just throw all abandoned in the wind and just watch all of them. Yeah. It's it's not going to be a good experience, but it'll be an experience. Needless to say. So, yeah, check out this movie, maybe the second movie, and then afterwards just mourn the death of our beloved parody genre. P- please, let's hope that it makes a comeback. Because I think that in this day and age, we need a good parody movie. I mean, I know that real life in and of itself is kind of a farcical parody of, of itself, you know. It's, But, you know, maybe we need something like this again. Not another pandemic movie? <laughs> no, no, no. We already had that. That was the Corona Zombies movie. <laughs> is that a thing? No, that's 100% a thing. Yes! And it's, 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 from, it's from Full Moon Productions. 
and they have a Tiger King movie, and they have a Murder Hornets movie. Yes, uh, okay. yes, that happened. That <laughs> happened in 2020. <laughs> we are in the strangest timeline. Seriously. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, that's our thoughts on scary movie. And we do hope that everybody has a happy Halloween. And as we said at the beginning of the episode, we still have lots of Halloween goodness to give you for the rest of this month. Of course, we have our Scream episode, which is going to be coming out with Stu from Stu World Order Productions. We're going to have our Halloween Kills episode. Hopefully, we'll have Robert on that one because he's our resident Michael Myers Halloween expert. You know, he knows all the timelines and everything. Yeah, true. <laughs> And then we are going to do the Horrific Hope Mental Health Awareness-a-thon with, with Victims and Villains and a bunch of other podcasts. And we're going to be talking about the illustrious Elvira, a.k.a. Cassandra Peterson. And we're going to review Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And we're just going to talk about this iconic character and the woman behind it. I mean, it's really, really awesome. She's a real wholesome character, and I think that it's worth talking about. And look forward to Collateral Gaming at the Victims and Villains live stream as well. Uh, we're going to be doing something horror video game related. Haven't quite figured it out yet, but um, we'll figure something out. And we're also doing our Halloween special. Dude, dude, dude. dude. A live stream of Five Nights at Freddy's. That can honestly work. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually joking. Don't do that. Okay. Five Nights at Freddy's is played out. It's so played out. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like, it, it's one of those, it's like Fortnite. I, I will say that the newer game looks kind of interesting because it looks like more of a traditional survival horror. There's a newer game coming out? There's it's already, it's, that shit. It's already out and it's actually more of a full-fledged game and not like, you know, you're mm. just sitting in a goddamn control room. I don't know. I guess I just don't pay attention to that side of the gaming world. But yeah, yeah I look forward to that and... And we're also going to be doing our Halloween special on Outlast. Oh, I, I really, really, really want to be on that, man. I'll, I'll even start. When, when are you going to record that? Uh, probably closer to Halloween. Cool. Like I, I'll watch some uh, gameplay footage or something, or I'll, or I'll find it and I'll play it or something. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking probably next week we'll probably. Because that's like a good disturbing that. game. That, you know how we do disturbing movies? Well, that that's a disturbing game right there. It is. It is a disturbing game. I. It, I'm almost scared to play it, right? Actually, I've been, I, you know, like I have to take breaks. <laughs> it's nothing for me. I've been playing violent, gory video games and watching violent, gory movies it's for most of my life. It's not that it's violent or gory. I can deal with that. Yeah. It's just legitimately terrifying. Oh, yeah. The subject matter. I mean, you're going into a mental health facility. I mean, the subject just... matter. It's just the, the psychological horror that it plays on yeah. in terms of gameplay. But we'll get into that, of course, on that episode. Um, but yeah, look forward to that and something Halloween related for the bonus round as well. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I'd, I'd like to see what y'all pick. So like, may, maybe go back and pick, you know, horror related stuff from like the 16 bit era or something. That or could be cool. Or from the PlayStation era. Like go, go over like the most notable survival horror games on the PlayStation or something like that. That could be cool. Yeah. Th those are suggestions, you know, but yeah, yeah. We'll figure something out. But yeah. And maybe I want to be on that episode depending on what you pick, but yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of Collateral Cinema Season 5. I mean, we've got a lot planned. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, uh, ne next month is the prequels. 
the Star Wars prequels. Next month is the Star Wars prequels. With the Spy Hards podcast, which, by the way, I need to get to with them here pretty soon. <laughs> you know, maybe we could throw in our director's cut that month could be something related to Star Wars. Like, yeah, I'd love to, to get into like either Clone Wars or Mandalorian or Clone Clone Wars. I'm actually more familiar with Clone Wars than with Mandalorian. It could so, be cool. Yeah, because, I mean, that came on Toonami for a little while. Or maybe recently, talk so. about uh, the new Clone Wars kind of sequel series or offshoot, which oh, is uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Bad Batch, which is oh, actually pretty okay. good. The Bad Batch, okay. Maybe awesome. throw that in there. I don't know. We'll figure something out, but yeah, definitely. But that's something to look forward to. And as for Collateral Cinema Director's Cut, I think that we're probably going to be diving into Cowboy Bebop very soon. Like, I mean, I'm kind of debating what to do there because. I think that it would be cool to do a recurring series, you know, on the director's cut, like maybe every other month or so where we dive into a specific episode of Cowboy Bebop. Like maybe even just make that a podcast on its own. I don't know. Like just a, a limited series podcast or whatever. That could be cool. I with the with the new with the Netflix series coming out next year, I mean next month. I think we definitely need to talk about it. Like we make that. I, I don't know if, if that would we would consider that a director's cut or an at the movies episode because it's a TV series. I would do. I would. We put it under director's cut, but that's why I said maybe make it just a limited podcast series in its own right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, so you're you are talking about the Netflix series? I'm talking about the the original anime. Oh, the original anime. Uh, yeah. I I really want to talk about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot to get into with that shit. There really is. Yeah. We could start off with the Netflix series because they'll 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 release the whole season. We can binge that. Talk yeah, about yeah, it. you're right. And you're then, right. like you said, yeah, maybe come back to it. But we'll figure that out later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. I mean, we might do that in, during our anime night, our anime month. I don't know. But anyway, with Collateral Cinema, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are also on Patreon. Check us out there. We have full-length feature commentaries there. And once we start getting some more patrons and some more money coming in, we might start producing some more content there. So some, some other content. You know, maybe some polls or some Q&As or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Something. there. Yeah, but check us out there. We have tiers starting off at a dollar. And also, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. You can find us on YouTube. And also look for the upcoming fe- feature film. I guess it's it's a feature. I don't know. Texas Sundown. Texas Sundown. You know, written and directed by Robert Ortegon. And also we're somewhat involved in that somewhere along the line. But yeah, look for that. And yeah, thanks for listening to our Halloween edition of Collateral Cinema Director's Cut. I mean, anything else to say? I mean, you want to maybe talk about something spooky? I mean, just everybody have a safe Halloween. Uh, Obviously, you know, we're still on pandemic rules, but if you're going trick-or-treating, just be safe and follow, you know, general precautions. And um, everybody watch your back out there. Yeah, definitely. Watch your your kids' candy and whatnot. Exactly. And smoke that Halloween weed. Yeah, don't be giving your edibles to kids. Don't be giving your edibles to kids. <laughs> uh, not that anybody does that anyway. But, anyway. Right. <laughs> but anyway, with that said, I guess that we can go ahead and close this episode up. Happy Halloween, boys and ghouls. Collateral Cinema Director's Cut is out.
time I'm in your nose. Cut your tongue out, feed it to a trout. Prime in the pan, shoot it out my can. Aim it at your face, then you know your place. I promise you pain, I'm totally insane. I promise you pain, I'm totally insane. I promise you pain, I'm totally insane. And let me tell you once again, I'm the badass. There ain't nobody. Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.